0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're now listening to the Hoop Kings podcast, presented by A Work of Art Media. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man, Coach Flight. And once again, this is the Hoop Kings podcast, where we represent basketball culture. I am blessed to be back in the booth with my brother from another, the local legend, the medieval one, King Art.
1: It is I and I am him. This is the medieval King Art and you are listening to the Hoot Kings podcast where we represent basketball culture. Today, we'll be talking about of course the NBA finals, a quick recap of game four last night, Denver in the route against the Miami Heat. We also will be covering some rumors with CP3, James Harden to Phoenix, and maybe Dame Lillard to a special place in Florida perhaps. And also of course commissioner silver came out and he spoke on the dan patrick show a few days ago so let we'll to talk about the new all-star you know scheme trying to change it up from usa versus world made it here on the cba and he also had a little bit hints about john murray i think I want to type in as well in terms of the punishment that would be coming down the line after the finals so coach flight of course you watched the game last night game four um jamal murray did his thing Aaron Gordon uh, Had a uh, season high In terms of the playoffs of uh, 27 points Yogis did his thing Double-double So give me a quick recap Of game four And your thoughts man
0: uh, First and foremost I'm glad we got some Basketball action You know a day apart uh, Cause all I was hearing Was Zion Williamson But uh, Oh lord just, just rather here or there <laughs> <laughs> uh, What you doing Zion like, Can't stay healthy Hey hey Z- Zion, i manage mad at player. <laughs> but anyway, but I, mean, I was glad to get some basketball back into the, the fold there Friday night, and man, really, games three and four sort of mirrored each other in terms of um, how great Denver looked. Yeah. And uh, uh, one thing I want to one thing I want to point to of how differently they did it opposed to games one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what stuck out to me was the ability to use Jokic off the ball as a secondary or a third option. And I, and I don't know if the public is sort of really looking at it that way, but early on in both games, you seen that Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. would initiate offense and eventually it would get to Jamal Murray. But to have Jokic playing around that elbow, that pinch post, that high post area, being a secondary uh, screener sometimes, mm-hmm. primary screener, uh, he played a lot more on the block these last two games than what we've seen them in the previous two finals games or even against the Lakers where they stretched out Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a difference in mentality, a difference in shift. And I thought what Michael Malone did was unleash the brilliance of Jamal Murray, uh, not having a turnover yeah. in the last what, four games is yeah. just freaking incredible. Ten assists a
1: game, yeah. Averaging
0: ten assists game, or not having a turnover last night, excuse me. Yeah. Ten assists in the, in the last four games yeah. on on finals is just absolutely spectacular. Um, deep team. Yeah. Aaron Gordon led the team in scoring last night with 27 points. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown chipped in with, I believe, 21. So, balance, balance, balance. They can hit you from all fronts. And I was just talking to uh, the medieval one here before we went on. This team reminds me a lot of the Sacramento Kings from the early 2000s. Just how they're built, how they're coached. And honestly, I think this may be a two, three-year run that this team is going to experience because they don't have a weakness. And hey, they're big, they're athletic, they're physical. They have the best player on planet Earth. Yeah, that debate is done. Mm. Like he's the best, and he's probably going to be the best for a little while now.
1: Yeah. And just to piggyback in terms of Jokic's dominance, um, there's a few analysts that pointed out that with his game, like it's not going to. It's not going to hinder in terms of the older that he gets because he's already not super athletic. He's not super fast, so nothing is going to really like deplete in terms of his athleticism. Like say with Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, they're high flyers, and then later in their career they have to adjust, become more jump shooters, have you backing down the post with Jokic. His game style and his play style is going to be the same his whole career. There's have really written out a lot of stuff he has to adjust. So, with Jokic, when he got in foul trouble, you know, in the fourth quarter and got his fifth foul with like 10 minutes left, they still kept the lead. Mm-hmm. So, normally, like with the Lakers, if LeBron's in foul trouble, AD's in foul trouble, the Lakers lose the lead automatically. But the fact they still were able to keep him on that 8 10 point cushion while their best player was still on the bench was really eye opening to me. And then also, what I talked about off wax is the efficiency that Denver is able to shoot. Like any corner three, you know, Jeff Green, just having a great veteran. I'm glad that they have a bunch of young guys on Denver. Uh, it seems like a lot of the veteran-led teams are the ones that win the championships going back to the bubble in 2020 you know milwaukee with with Giannis and drew and middleton and and brooke lopez won in the championship of course golden state last year you know with their with their crew and their core with steph clay and draymond the veteran-led teams win and i believe with miami Yes, Jimmy Butler is a great player, but I still don't think to this day he can be your number one on the championship team. You know, he definitely has that mama mentality to get there, Exposed to the top 15 coach of all time. Miami has a coach with Pat Riley, but he just ran into a juggernaut in the Denver Nuggets.
0: I love what the Heat have built. You're right about Jimmy. I, or I will say this about Jimmy. He can have shared responsibility with a guy who can – Who's probably more talented than he is? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he possesses a lot of he possesses a lot of the will. He possesses a lot of great things on the court. Um, we always talk uh, and, a, and a new phrase that we're using here uh, is the nuclear bombs. You know, uh, and that's guys that are just supremely talented. I think Miami lacks a guy that's supremely talented. Got you. Um, yeah. You know, there's been discussions, and we'll get to this later about potential Dame Lillard wanting to move to Miami. That's a nuclear bomb. That that's a guy you compare with Jimmy, and you can go toe to toe with anyone in the game for sure. Um, I think what Jimmy has done has been admirable. I, I think what the team has done has been admirable, really. And, I, and I'll credit Stephen A. Smith for saying is, when they're making shots, they're going to be competitive as anybody, uh, and they they're capable of beating anybody on any given day. But when you're not making shots, late like yesterday they were eight to thirty-five from three. Mm. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then number 2, the, the one thing that I'm seeing, Miami doesn't get easy shots. And it's not because they don't have the talent too, it's just that they're so perimeter oriented and they rely on the three so much. Yeah. They don't take advantage of the opportunities when it's an opportunity to post a guy up or you know, if the guys getting blitzed on the ball screen, they don't attack the paint. They're just waiting to shoot the basketball and they're using that three as a nullifier for the in the inconsistency or the deficiency that they have mm-hmm. getting the ball into the paint. They actually were comparable in paint points to Denver, but you should have been about plus 20 mm. on that because you're giving up so many looks. And then two, turning the ball over in the half court. Uh, I think they doubled up Denver on turnovers yesterday, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, Yeah. which Denver, I believe, had close to 20 fast break points. You can't give a team like Denver that many fast break points in, a, in an NBA Finals games and expect them to fail late in games. So Miami has done a really, really great job of being competitive, staying alive, showing yeah. that grit. Yeah. This is just a better team in Denver.
1: So my question to you, Coach Flight, um, does Denver go home and do they win it all in game five? Or does Miami get it back to uh, Florida for game six?
0: By the time we taped the next podcast, we are going to talk about the NBA champion Denver Nuggets ending it in five games. Okay. They're going to the end it in five. And I think this is – they owe this to the city of Denver. Those, those have been some faithful fans over the years, man. There's been some great teams back in the day. Yeah. Everybody remembers the, the one highlight – that's, that that still stands to this day in beating Seattle in '94. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think you know you had the, you had the, the one year with Carmelo. Yeah, he just ran up against the juggernaut and Kobe. Yeah, and oh in no, So yeah, I think these fans will get to hoist that trophy, get to show that they're number one in the world, and add to that, you know, mile high legacy with the Denver Broncos, man. they are gonna get one
1: so if you've you know to our listeners you've been watching sports media over the last couple of days there have been a lot of segments when they're talking about you know the greatest sinners of all time now putting Jokic in that conversation. Um, so, Coach Flight, is it too soon to put Jokic in that conversation? Even though he's having monster stats, he's probably going to win the finals MVP. He's already a two-time MVP winner already. Do you put him in that all-time category Does still have more to prove?
0: Still has more to prove. Okay. When you're talking all-time, man, you're talking some some really great guys. Yeah. There's some guys not even on that list. There was a guy they were talking about last night that you know, I remember my father my grandfather told me about Bob McAdoo, who was Jokic's light back in the day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's there's some really great big men that he still has to sort of pass up. And, and honestly, with his stardom, he has. But uh, to put him in a category with Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah. uh, Tim Duncan, depending on what, you know, center, power forward, whatever you want to put them at. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. Yeah, championship-wise, sure, he's going to get there. MVP-wise, they all got MVPs, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of whatever your preference is. I think a lot of times when we, when we think of that guys nowadays, they're fresh on our minds, so we want to compare them and say they're the best. But we can't forget how great those other guys were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, he's still got a little bit more to prove. He'll win this one. Let's see if you can go two for two next year. Because you'll be the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. Uh, Them, Boston, will be back up in there. Uh, Wherever Dame lands in Miami, they'll be up there. But Mm -hmm. you'll be the odds-on favorites in Vegas as soon as this final's over. So, you know, if he can double it back, go back-to-back after next year, now we're talking. And if you're in the MVP conversation again while going back-to-back next year, Mm -hmm. now we're in that, okay, he might be top five. Yeah. You win a third one at some point, and you're still in the MVP conversation after three or four years, we could be talking about you as the greatest big ever outside of Wilt, Bill Russell, yeah. Elijah Wan, and Lou Alcindor. so. Yeah, Kareem, yeah. You know, I forgot to throw the great Kareem in there for so yeah. you guys, but now, now we're in that category, but he's still got some work to do. And speaking of the
1: greats, we're going to bring in Jamal Murray to this conversation before we transition to the next segment. Um, it seems like with sports media I don't know if these are You know, hot takes times 10 or are trying to get clickbait To get more views for their company That they represent But when they said that Jamal Murray And Jokic is the best duo Since Shaq and Kobe It really made me have to sit back And remember What Shaq and Kobe was watching live And then watching it with Murray And Jokic is night and day to me because it it, it's not even close I wish, really wish that they used a different Comparison maybe Malone And Stockton or uh, Isaiah Like some, something different than Shaq And Cody because I believe there's No other tandem that Rivals them other than Pippen And Jordan but I feel like it's just you know, you know what What's going on right now in the heat Of the moment because Denver's on a Big stage right now but what do you think about the hot takes that sports media drives to kind of push the notion in terms of the nuggets compared to all-time greats like Shaq and Kobe?
0: Everybody want them dollar signs, man, so they're going to throw out craziness to get you to bite on it. Yeah, man. It, it ain't Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Kobe was global. It it was a movement. It still is a movement. A- ain't nobody making rap lyrics about Jokic and, and Murray. Not a chance. Alicia Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. You know what I mean? like Shaq and Kobe were on top of the freaking world, bro. It it was it was must-see television. Yes. Like don't get me wrong. The, the Nuggets are must-see television, but when we talk about when we talk about the greatest of the greats, when we talk about the drama, when we talk about the style, when we talk about the delivery or something, Shaq and Kobe, man is on the level, like you said, of only Mike and Scotty. Yeah. Or Magic and Kareem. Or Magic and Kareem. Yeah. You know, or Larry and McHale. It's yeah. just something like that. hmm Honestly, I probably compare these guys to Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. That's kind of what we Okay, at. I like that. You know I what I'm like saying? Yeah, Still yeah. championship level guys, but it's, yeah. it's levels to this. Yeah. It's big time levels to this, and I think a lot of what the media tries to do is drive it for the casual fans, because they know the casual fans, that's the only way that they're gonna pay attention to it. Unless, by putting something out so drastic. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, man, we gotta be able to kinda have blinders up, not get caught up in what the media is providing us. Because ain't no way in hell that Shaq and Kobe. Bruh. I just literally thought about this, and I heard an excerpt from uh, from Shaquille O'Neal just the other day on YouTube. I went back and listened to Shaq talk about the 2001 season with LA, where they went 15 and one, or yeah, it was 15, no, it was 16 to one. Excuse me, in the playoffs, but they wanted to go 16 and 0, and Allen Iverson had to throw up a 51 point game one yep. in Staples to knock off that zero. Right, that ain't that ain't Murray, that ain't Yokes. <laughs> Y'all not sweeping and I'm talking right. at the at the time if if memory if memory serves me correct. They swept Sacramento,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they swept San Antonio, San Antonio in the Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and then they, they swept, was it Seattle?
1: I think it was Seattle in the first round. They, they had the three games, uh, five game series back then. Yes. So they swept them in three. So
0: you swept Seattle, yeah. Yeah. Sacramento, and San, San Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. I don't want to hit nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just don't want to hit uh, I just wanted to bring that go, 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 up go, go ahead because i know from, from i'll tell you this from from a i think your touch from a fan perspective from a a business perspective enlighten the fans what what that means man when you say Shaq and kobe that's just not two players bro that's a movement that's a culture explain to us what that is man and why that's so huge and why this is such an unfair comparison to them. So I will definitely touch on that, but the first
1: reason why I brought it up is because I wanted to give the listeners in terms of the podcast that we represent here at the Hoop Kings podcast, we want to give you the real. We may give you a hot take every now and then, but at the end of the day, man, we're going to give you our personal opinion and have facts behind it in regards to what we're talking about. So I want to make sure I put that out there, let you know when you listen to the Hoop Kings podcast. We want to give you the real about what our eyes see and not by what you know other people may be saying. So I just want to throw that out there. Secondly, Shaq and Kobe, this is coming from a Lakers fan. Um, I'm going to be real with y'all I definitely Everybody loved the Bulls When Jordan was there But when Jordan left in 98 I'm like okay I need need a team I I don't like the Bulls no more Jordan's gone Who can I who can, I, who can I go to? And I, and I love Shaq. I have Shaq posters on my bedroom wall when I was a kid. And I was like, okay, this new kid named Kobe. He got an afro. He looks cool. He looks dope. Come out of high school. I got his posters on the wall. I got Vince Carter. I got Tracy McGrady. I got Steve Francis. I had everybody on the wall. But when it comes to the Lakers, man, I'm from a Lakers family. My mom's side, dad's side. Everybody believes purple and gold. So my dad, uh, shout out to my pops, man, Arthur Senior. I know you listen to this, man. My dad's always say we watch the Lakers game. Man, just get him ball the Shaq. Just get him on the Shaq. Kobe, stop shooting. Get him ball the Shaq. It's going to be two points. Get him ball the Shaq. Just get him ball the Shaq. Every time down the court. And the fact that you can just give it to a player and you know you're going to get two points every single time, either a dunk. A back, a layup Yes, his free throw percentage was terrible But he's going to get to the line And he's going to give you a bucket But when you have a guy like Shaquille O'Neal 7'1", 7'2", 300 plus pounds Taking a beating Double teamed, And he can kick it out to somebody of Kobe Bryant's caliber Kobe Bryant to me is my goal He's my favorite player And to see somebody who is At my generation I might speak for Durant as well He's our Jordan so when it comes to comparing all-time greats and goats, it has to go by air and by generation, man. So I've got the LeBron and Jordan stuff. Um, when we was coming up, Kobe was my guy, and Kobe Bryant, bro, is a guy that you don't want your child, if he or she wants to play basketball, to emulate the mentality after. If you are a inspiring NBA player and you want to get there. You gotta have the will and the skill. And Kobe had both of those things, man. But going back to your question excuse me, my question with the Jokic and comparison, there is none. I just think you're just just taking who's the best duo in the league right now and it's compared to the best duo of all time. It can't work like that, man. This guy's got three championships in a row. You got two NBA MVPs on the same team. You have two guys whose jerseys are in the rafters at this moment. Kobe has two numbers up there. So when it comes to the juggernauts of the Lakers... Denver has to win two more for you to compare those duos to that one. That's just my opinion. I believe Denver probably has a strong possibility in doing so. I want to see what Milwaukee does in the offseason, if they re-sign Middleton or if he leaves. That's one of the keys I want to see. And also, uh, just a transition at this point, bro. We're talking about great point guards and Murray. I want to talk about another all-time great in CP3. Um, also, Dame Lillard and James Harden. Man, I believe there'll be a lot of moves uh, this free agency going to contending teams. So, since we're talking about the Lakers, and of course, we're always in the news, I said we. Uh, CP3, CP3 to the Lakers, man. Is that the best move for them? So, Rob Plink will pull. Actually, Rob Plink do going to run the team. We know it's LeBron James. So, LeBron James, <laughs> <laughs> make that signing for CP3. Is he too old? So, we go youth. What should we do, Coach Flight?
0: Man, first of all, you can say we, man, because I'll be investing my 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 merchandise <laughs> dollars. Yeah, they got my money and, and, and my, they got time. my time, ma. All right, so it's we, bro. We on I'm East stand- Coast time. We stayed up to one
1: thirty in the morning watching
0: these yeah, games. Facts, man. So it's we, bro. <laughs> I'm on payroll too, man. I, I I do believe they should go after CP3 only for this reason. Okay, okay. He's still a he's still a high functional NBA point guard past his prime. He's not going to give you the All Star years. But he's a guy that can get you still go out and get you 15 points a game, seven, eight assists a game, not make many mistakes. He's a guy who can play in conjunction with another point guard. Um, so you can pair him on this team with Dennis Schroeder, and they can go back and forth for minutes just fine. Okay. But I think what he does allows you to stay with the same caliber of team. Go get another big. That's athletic, can run the floor, finish at the rim, opposite Anthony Davis, Mm -hmm. and go get you a shooter, no matter who that is. And there's some guys out there on the market, not sure if you want to have to overpay, but Seth Curry would look good in purple and gold. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, And there's a couple other guys as well that can really shoot the basketball. Run this back, because a, a Laker team that just shores up the ball handling, shores up the shooting, shores up the post play, Though you don't really need another star. You'll be just fine, even with the 39-year-old LeBron James. I think Austin Reeves has shown he can handle a, a big load and kind of be that third guy opposite LeBron and AD. Yeah. But I think having Chris Paul in big moments, big big moments, would be a uh, a a calming effect to a team that needs a lot of it, especially with your man. You know, with, with Brown being 39. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's a great move, and contract wise, you're not breaking the bank. You're not breaking the bank. Kyrie Irving wants him in Dallas. He wants to go to L.A. Yeah. Whatever the case is, but you're breaking the bank. I'm, CP3 ain't going to break the bank.
1: Okay, so if you got CP3 now resigning with the Suns and going to the Lakers, in your opinion. Does Phoenix go after James Harden, or they go after somebody else at the point guard position?
0: I'll be honest with you, man. I think if you're the Phoenix Suns, I'll say this: yes, on James Harden. Okay. Because I think this, I think this owner, Matt Ish- Ishiba, Ishiba, excuse me, is that the new owner? New owner.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He,
0: he seems like he's uh. He's bomber on steroids. He seems like, <laughs> not necessarily with his pockets, but with his, he's got a little Cuban in there. Like, he's going to stand out. He I wants to put you. his own style on the team. So, I could see him bringing in Harden, going after a big splash, and now you have a big three in Phoenix that you haven't had at any point prior to that. So, okay, I can see that, and I'm going to tell you this, if he moves off, Fred Van Vliet is probably going to Philadelphia pair back up with Nick Nurse and, and Joel Embiid. Mm. Still keep you afloat there. I think they need to go out to Fred Van Vliet out in the desert. Or, I, think they I don't know wherever go. he lands
1: is going to be good.
0: Uh, me too. Um, or they need to go after, uh, spread their money around, build the rest of that roster because you got two guys that can get they you to an NBA bench. Finals.
1: They need a bench.
0: Think about this, bro. They, uh, they were a bench away, really a quarter away in game five and a bench away. From beating the eventual NBA champions, They're really the only team in the whole season that showed that they're on that level. Think about that.
1: So I'm, I'm gonna put you in James Jones' seat, the GM. So of course he just signed Frankie V. Uh, Frankie Vogel as the coach. Yep. What do you do with DeAndre Ayton this year? Because we clearly see he doesn't want to be there. Do you do you still keep him on the roster? Do you try to move him? What do you do with DeAndre? Oh man,
0: I, I will move him right to where he wanted to go last year. Pacers. Indiana. Because what you could do, you can give a pick. You can give DeAndre Aiden. You know Aiden's going to play well in Indiana. Go get Miles Mm -hmm. Turner out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Miles Turner mixed with Frank Vogel works for your bigs. I was still and and you got Miyambo too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, so you can work with those bigs. Defensively, you're solid. Miles is going to stretch the floor offensively, shoot the outside shot. Mm -hmm. He's a terrific rebounder. He's just a, a really great big man at the pro level that can do his thing he's not a star he's an all-star caliber guy though yeah yeah I would move him I would just do that deal move him to Indiana DeAndre Aiden is a beast in the east he would play motivated in the east yeah and just send back Miles Turner yeah,
1: he would be the best player on that team
0: because think about it Indiana was going to make that move last year getting off Turner mm-hmm. by bringing in DeAndre Aiden yeah just do it this year Okay. Okay, and then see, let's go ahead and stay out east, man.
1: Because you brought up a great point at the uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, in terms of uh, Damian Lillard, man. So we're currently watching the NBA Finals, and we see that Miami needs a need at the point guard position, man. So how would you kind of recalibrate, reconstruct Miami Heat team by possibly trading for a great in Dame Lillard?
0: It's a must. I get Dame Lillard.
1: Okay. I'm uh,
0: I'm the Miami Heat. I'm the the quintessential culture outside of the New England Patriots and professional sports. All right. I am that culture. Okay. But I ain't won a championship probably now in 10 years after this week. Mm-hmm. Go get you a guy like Damian Lillard who embodies everything that you've had in the past of great leaders from Dwayne Wade, from uh, from Shaquille O'Neal to LeBron James. Alonzo even going Morning, going back to Alonzo Morning and Tim Hardaway. Yeah. He mimics all of that. Go get you Dame Lillard get off of Tyler Hero, trade Gabe, Vincent, Duncan Robinson, or Max Troops within the deal, give up a couple first-round picks, whether this year if you do it before the draft or you do it 24 and 25. Get you guys that are going to make sense to win now. Ship those young pieces off to Portland, allow them to kind of reset themselves. Mm -hmm. But you bring him in with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Love, you got yourself now a veteran team. You can still keep Caleb Martin. You don't really have to do a lot to reconstruct this team. You got a lot on the books with Dame, Bam, and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it right now while these guys are in their prime to go get that because you'll be the immediate favorite in the Eastern too.
1: Absolutely, man. I believe with Dame Lillard, it was the same thing with Nikola Jokic in terms of being on a bigger stage, a bigger platform for more eyes to see. Because for those who are basketball heads, we knew about Nikola Jokic in the previous years in terms of being an MVP. But now that he's on TV, you know, every night with the finals, people are finally it to see how good he is, Jamal Murray is, and the Denver Nuggets are. If you give Dame Lillard that same opportunity with the Miami Heat, I believe that people are able to see the greatness and why Dane Lillard is the NBA top 75 player of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving forward, bro, um, let's talk about Commissioner Silver. Um, he has a lot on his plate in regards to uh, the, in the transition uh, of the new NBA season. I believe he's still done a great job since he's coming to the league. He's maybe able to govern you know, the players and the league. Well, let's first talk about one thing that intrigued both of us, and that is the uh, the new way to try and go with the all-star basketball game. Yes. Um I know currently in terms of, like, uh, the amateurs or with they used to be, the sophomores uh, versus the rookies, but now it's like World versus USA. And trying to bring that same aspect to the All Star Game. So of course they've tried, you know, the draft. You know, taking the top guys and the, uh, you know, the top two uh, vote getters are able to pick their teams in the draft. At first it was on TV, and then they did the live last year. Um, so what do you think about this new concept about the All Stars game being USA versus the world?
0: Uh, I think it's time. Uh, I think if you're going to go off a different format, that would be the format. Because I think the world has not only caught up, but has surpassed the American game.
1: Bro, if you think about the top, like, three or four players in the league, they're all international.
0: And we about to get Wimby.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to be the best rookie. he got the best player, both international guys, man.
0: I mean, it, that, that's why I think it's so important that Miami gets Dame Lillard because it gives – it provides a talking point to the eastern seaboard, the Atlantic region of the country. You got Miami to talk about. You got Boston. The Knicks are finally Knicks. good. Knicks. But if you look at those three situations, if you look at really just in the Eastern Conference, the two big names, if Dame comes East, the two big names in the East would be Dame and Jason Tatum. And just think about from an American player standpoint, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Because Joel Embiid is not American. Yeah. I mean, he's from Cam- Cam- Cameroon. Yeah. Um, Giannis is from Greece, from by the Greece. way, of uh, what, Nigeria?
1: Nigeria. Luca the- from Luca. Slovenia.
0: Nikola Jokic
1: Nikola Jokic is from Somewhere over there too <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what I'm saying Yeah bro um, You got I mean Like I said We just said Victor Wimbayama Yep It's coming into the league Yep um, Man it's it's
1: Shoot Kyrie's a dual citizen He's Australia. Australia You know what I mean So it's Yeah bro
0: it's, At this point I, Man just to get back To the All-Star game I would yeah. love The different format If you're going to switch it up Or go back to East-West Because I think there's enough competitiveness on both sides to hold that game up. What I think the problem is, and here's the point where I want to make this big prediction. I told Coach, I told Medieval coming on to the show, I got a huge prediction. By the time we get out of the next collective bargaining agreement around 2030-ish, to help the United States game, if Wimbayama comes into the leagues and dominates, or Chet Holmgren decides to go off in OKC, him and Josh Giddy, who are not American. They might make guys wait four years to come to the NBA. What that does will send a shockwave through the grassroots system to grow your players. The top guys from high school will then either seek professional, overseas, or the G League, or they'll simply go to college and have to develop over four years we have to send a shockwave to our grassroots system that is not about dollars it's about development and when you look at the game on a global scale uh i sent i'll send uh, the, the medieval ones some wimby highlights out in the out in the french league he's in the french finals and now was in the semifinals. if you look at the way the game is not only repped but the game is coached it's a more team culture it's some more development. Guys have tremendous skill coming over here. Something that U.S. guys are predicated on talent. International guys have skill. That's going to be a huge, huge difference when we go on these big stages. And we're wondering why a Canadian guy and a Serbian guy are dominating right now in the NBA Finals. Yeah. So to me, man, we have got to be in a in a position of development and education with our players coming from the United States and not making it so much about business on AAU events. Not making it so much about business with 2,300 All-Star games in college. Mm. Not making it about business to get paid and pimping these kids and these parents who really don't understand how basketball has worked. Mm. We gotta get to a point where hey, we're confident enough that we're gonna have not just one American guy no, no, no number one in the draft but two, three, four consistently because right now, yeah, we'll get the occasional American that can hoop. Right. But right now, it's being dominated at the top of the draft by international guys. And if you look at this year's draft, and we'll have a whole show dedicated to it, we got Wimbayama, you have Scoot Henderson, and you have Brandon Miller top three. Mm-hmm. But right underneath that is a Slovenian kid who could be drafted top four or top five. Yeah. So you're still talking the bulk of the, uh, a huge percentage of those top five picks each year will be international guys. And that's huge to the NBA marketability here in the States. And that's going to be huge for marketability outside the States, which the league is looking to continue to grow.
1: Bro, you took the the thought right out of my mind, man. Because we talked about earlier with the hot takes, you know, so I about money and the dollar signs to get those clicks. And I believe, you know, Adam Silver and the governors, you know, formerly known as the owners of the league, are looking at opportunities overseas. Yeah, those preseason games in China, in Mexico. Now in Japan, you know, that's where the, the big dollars are in terms of marketing and sponsorships. So any business, whether it be a small business or whether it be a billion dollar corporation like the NBA, they're always going to follow the money. And so if you're getting all these international guys, like, say, you know, Yao Ming back in the day, like Shaq was still at the top of his game. But Yao Ming outvoted him in terms of all stars because of the number of, of course, people in China. So if you're able to bring in new viewers and new eyes to the game of basketball, that brings more dollars to the pockets of the owners and also to the sponsors as well, man. Uh, So team. So in terms of the United States, uh, going back to your proposition about, you know, four years in college, that definitely will send a shockwave to a lot of kids and a lot of parents as well. But with the NIL kind of balancing that, they still want to have financial opportunities to get that bread. Of course, it's not going to be like an NBA contract, but it's better than nothing. So doing that, I think, is really going to help out the development, like you said. A lot of these kids, you know, if a, if an AAU coach sees talent, excuse me, potential, you know, these kids are basically getting whatever they want. So I remember Gary Payton, he was on the other uh, big podcast with Shaq and Spice Adams and him. And he's like, bro, there's nobody else on the blacktop no more. Like, I'm a by a whole bunch of blacktops and basketball courts and nobody outside playing. It's like, how are you getting develop going against older, like when I was playing I was going against older guys, I'm 9, 10 years old I'm going against high school, I'm going against college kids so I can get better, I'm going against to to my own grade then you have these kids going to the traveling circuit and get AAU and they're getting pampered, this and that mm. they're not getting that same grind that same, get, earning that will, like the Pat Beverly's of the world or, or the PJ Tuggers of the world are just will guys, they don't have a lot of skill but they're able to get to the NBA because of that will and you get that from those grassroots bro, so I like your approach with that, I like to see what Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA does when it comes to that new CBA agreement, when it comes to developing United States players, because overseas, bro, like them kids is playing professional 15-16. Yes. You know, I mean, they're going against grown men and then when you come up to the NBA, it's like, man, this stuff is soft, bro. I was just, it was my harder over there when I come here and I have more eyes on me, get more bread. Is this easy? That's what I came up here
0: two years ago. It's easy, man. Like, like, if you think of, like, I just seen something watching those Wimbiama highlights and I watched a few more is he ready for the physicality of the American game? No, but skill-wise, he's there. Yeah, he'll call, he, he doesn't even have to there. go in the paint. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's going to be a problem. And the guys over there are making him work. Mm-hmm. He's going to come over here where the rules are more... Are, are, are more in position to make him flourish, and he's going to double that times too.
1: It's an offensive game, Merrill.
0: So, man, I, I won't be surprised if this kid comes in the league and averages 20 off the rip and oh, has a success be, in San yeah. Antonio yeah. because of, you can't touch him. And mm-hmm. that's and that's why I think the NBA needs to put a premium or needs to just be honest with fans on its entertainment value. Is the game entertainment or are we playing ball? Because I think, to me, I think the purest form of coaching and playing basketball is at the co- collegiate level
1: yes yes um, yes
0: the nba is entertainment and actually and, and i'll say this i had this conversation with a young head um i won't disclose them but i had a conversation with a young head last sunday and he says the game has evolved he tells me evolvement means you get better right so the game has gotten better i said not necessarily i said not only involvement means something's getting better it just means something's changing that's wisdom exactly so i said he said, well, don't take the stars, take the mid guys of this that's playing in the NBA today. They would eat up the mid guys back in the day. I said, not necessarily. You're playing under two different rules.
1: Take that part.
0: Back then, the game was predicated and the rules weren't changed to allow someone to score more. Mm-hmm. Remember, we started changing the rules under two different things. Number one, when Jordan retired, the NBA, you didn't have a star, So you needed to brand this really a big star. Allen Iverson was too hood Shaq was too big Kobe wasn't He was there But he wasn't wasn't, really there there yet T-Mac wasn't in a big enough market Vince was probably The biggest brand Globally you had You needed something You watched that NBA Finals Which I think to me Is a classic NBA Finals The 05 NBA Finals Between uh, The San Antonio Spurs And the Detroit Detroit Pistons Pistons. But there wasn't enough scoring So Mm -hmm. what did the NBA do then? You started to make rule changes, the hand checking. No, my hand checking. Shaquille O'Neal winning championships. We can't stop him. What do you do? Can't sit in the paint. Mm-hmm. You force him out of the paint. You force them to move defensively. You add zone. Snack is the reason zone is back in the NBA yep. or in the NBA because they mm-hmm. only play zone in college. Yep. You start tinkering with the rules, and now you're at a point where the flopping was an issue. Now they're trying to fix it because they realize it got out of hand. It's crazy. That, uh, you can't touch a guy. You can't do this. You can't mm. do that.
1: Flag or fouls. Yeah.
0: Or technicals.
1: Yeah. Talking back to the refs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, listen, man. As you can talk all you want about yeah. you can talk all you want about the game being better it's just different Yeah. and I think when you get to a point where the different is now so obvious that it's killing our game you gotta do something to drastically change it back Yeah. to me making guys wait 4 years potentially in a few years won't be the worst thing in the world for a guy to do number one nil will keep that guys immensely paid for four years mm-hmm. number two the best of the best won't even go that route but at least what you're ensuring is you got grown men playing in your league that's the one thing that the nfl does well yeah we want grown kids playing in our league young men who are established their bodies are built up they're close to peak at 25 26 years old they're already built up that's the one thing the nba has to get to they started to do it in the CBA, where with contracts, you'll see a set of four to six teams with NBA championship aspirations. That'll grow to ten to twelve. It'll keep the league more viable. Yeah. But I think with the game, the involvement, the American product, we gotta get back to where that was at the highest stage. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, if we don't send a team to the Olympics next year, that's viable, they ain't winning the Olympics, bro. And it may not be the worst thing in the world because. The other players are so good coming to, across the pond.
1: Absolutely, man. That's a great segue into our final segment in terms of Team USA. Um, so we can tie it all together, man. Developing uh, these young United States players to get to the league and then be elevated to be a part of Team USA. Uh, so coming up here, man, I got a few uh, of the names that will be playing for Team USA this year. Uh, so you have got Mikael Bridges uh, with the Nets here to break out. You know, second half of the season after the from the Suns uh, for KD Uh, also another guy uh, Jalen Brunson with the Knicks had a great year this year Uh, Anthony Edwards uh, still some promise with him Uh, he's going to be on the team as well Um, Tyrese Halliburton with the Pacers you have Brandon Ingram with New Orleans Uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. with the Grizzlies Bobby Portis with Milwaukee and then, of course, closing out, so we have the Great White Hope, uh, Austin Reeves, our guy, guy with the Lakers. So that's three. So that's eight guys on, already on the roster. Uh, so those names I mentioned, Coach Flight. You know, I'm pretty sure going to add about four more to the roster before the game start. Does that sound like a gold medal-winning basketball team? It does. It does. It does. Okay, uh, so who's the best player on this team?
0: best player on the team is Brandon Ingram. The alpha was Anthony Edwards though. Okay. And, and that, that's why I think you'll be fine with an out with those two young bulls. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're fine because okay. I, I think they're next up in the trajectory of NBA star players. Put like this Zion Williamson is a great season away from people recognizing how cold Brandon Ingram is.
1: Mm, okay.
0: So Zion quit messing with Mirage. He still
1: got CJ bruh. They, they they were a number two seed sometime in the you know before Zion got hurt, so if he can just keep his pants up, we might be all right. Listen, man. <laughs>
0: Zion, if you want some words we got him for your Play at the Dog. bank.
1: Now. You gotta get back on the basketball court, man. GTD. You gotta get focused, man.
0: Come on, man. You can't listen, you can't be gotten the draws all every day, Z.
1: Bro, he got drama off the court. They're gonna bring onto the court, bro. Just <laughs> just get
0: healthy, get your knees right. He should be on this roster. He's, Absolutely. He should be on this roster. Absolutely. Speaking of this, he should be on this roster, man. But, but, bro, like, seriously, Brandon Ingram is one significant playoff runaway from being mentored with the best in the game. I think Anthony Edwards is an alpha. He's the guy that you want with the ball in his hands late in the game. They're long, they're physical. I don't think anybody's shorter than... Six four, six five on this roster. I love the bigs.
1: Jalen Brunson's probably underneath that. Jalen Brunson. He, that's about he, it. He's though. great
0: and I mean you got guys that can play in the pick and roll game. Bobby the yeah. can stretch it, Jared Jackson. Yeah. Who's the other big on the roster?
1: Uh other big is Brandon Negram.
0: That's it. So you probably, that's get, it. You probably gotta go get another big They which,
1: gotta get a center.
0: Which you can. Uh, yeah. I would go get Miles Turner again. I know he's playing the Olympics. I would go get him again, let him be the veteran on this team. Yeah. Um there's certain guys that I think you can fit in. I would get bigger. I wouldn't get smaller. Don't look for the old veterans, 30-plus to come save you. Right. Look for those guys. Look for them young guys, man, because they're next up. Yeah. There's really no significant star-star under 32 years of age. Mm Mm-hmm. There really isn't. Dame Lillard, I think, is right at 32. Yeah. 33. There's no Jimmy Butler's under 30, but there's no American guy that's in between 20, And I'm not talking Anthony Davis, he ain't it. That's between 28, 27, and 32 that you're like, that's that guy. LeBron is old, Steph is old, all these guys is old. Kyrie ain't playing in it. So you need guys that are young enough to take the mental. Add Tatum. Add Brown. Get big, get long, get physical. That can beat what the world gets. Because you know the world will swing Rihanna's. You know the world's gonna see where Jokic. Yep. Canada's Canada got a hell of a roster, especially if Jamal Murray decides to play mm. in the Olympics. Oh, listen, man, Canada gonna be cold. So yeah, yeah, these big guns, these international guns, they're gonna they're gonna play well. But I think send a team this year. I do think they're in position to get one significant guy next year, and that's Joel Embiid because he has dual citizenship. Okay, I think you can get him for the Olympic stage as an American and pair this team back with that but I like where this team is they are a gold winning team gold medal winning team Mm -hmm. here at the world championships or at the qualifiers whatever this year is but I think start to position yourself to where you can get that one big gun next year and Joel Embiid to maybe add to this roster you got something to shake because if you don't fill it out with a big uh, Giannis Jokic somebody gonna hoist that trophy and it ain't American yeah Appreciate that, Coach Flight,
1: man. We're going to go ahead and close yeah, out man. the podcast and just hit on John ja Morant. Just, just real quick. Because Commissioner Silver, you know, brought up in this conversation, you know, they found more evidence and they heard about, you know, what uh, John Morant's campus said about being a toy gun Uh, (laughs) in the second video. We clearly I don't blink it was a toy gun, because if it was, I would have came out and said it was a toy gun as soon as the video posted and went viral. I wouldn't have held back and waited until they were ready to put the hammer down on you. So I don't know why they waited so late for that. So, in terms of a John Morant's uh, immediate future, which is going to happen right after the finals, man, uh, just give your prediction, you know, what you think his suspension is going to be, and just a word of advice for John Morant from Coach Flight.
0: First of all, they're saying it's a toy gun because John's taking somebody off payroll because he can't keep compensating guys with an additional expansion. I think it's going to be upwards of 50 games. Mm. I don't think it's going to be the whole season, but I think you're going to get a significant either half the season or 50.
1: Okay, so Um, about 40 or 50 games.
0: 40, 41 to 50 games. I I think he's not back until after the All-Star break. Hopefully Memphis is still in it at that point. Um, I think what the league needs to do is set a precedent. A lot of people say, uh, the commissioner said before game three, he doesn't want to make the incident bigger than what it has to be with just one guy. But sometimes, bro, you need that. Mm. Sometimes you need to send a message so strong on one guy that everybody else is fear of doing it. Yeah, because if you'd only send a message to this guy and then somebody else does it, now you got to run it back and people are going to be like, well, didn't you learn from the last time? Fool me mm-hmm. once, shame on you. Fool me twice, keep it to blame on you. Right. Fool yeah. me three times, yeah. load a chop let it rain on you. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to quote the great J. Cole there, so I, I think it'll be 40 to 50 games and hopefully John learns from this. He's he's a star. We were just talking about Team USA. Him and Zion should be automatically on it. They're the two biggest American names under 25 years old. I'm not going to say Tatum or Booker. They are the two that the world, that the league is waiting on. Yeah. We take the mantle from LeBron. John Zion, mm-hmm. they have to do it.
1: Um, Just word of advice uh, to you uh from me, man. It's just everybody in your circle can't go up with you, man. It's like I just watched uh, All the Smoke with Lil Wayne, and they're talking about the same subjects. Lil Wayne was like, yeah, I was 15, 16, you know, getting money and I'm, and I'm around my guys, you know, they feel the same way. But when I got to go to the studio with Birdman or go on a tour, I got to go back and do what y'all was doing. You had to go back to school, you to go back to work, go back to your mama's house, daddy's house, y'all go back to y'all Sam's lifestyle. So having those guys that are basically living through you because you're paying for everything, your circle has to change. That just, that just comes from maturity. Not even from the NBA player's aspect, just from a man's aspect, period. You have to put yourself around guys are going to inspire you. Put yourself around guys who hold you accountable. You can have a bunch of yes men. It can't be like that You have to have somebody Have your best interest in heart That's why you still have Like Jason Tatum's Of the world He has his mom As his manager It makes sure he's Taking care of his money right mm-hmm. You know he had LeBron Of course his mom Has been by his side Since his high school years He's had Savannah Since high school you're, These younger guys Have the greatest blueprint Right in front of your face LeBron mm-hmm. That's why I don't understand Why AD When it comes to his uh, <laughs> You know his workout style And his training Like you got this nigga Right next to you And you're not following His blueprint And what he's done To be in the league For 20 Plus years, facts. So you got these, <clears throat> all these old heads, these mentors in the NBA. I'm pretty sure Ja has contacts galore that he could use, but he's still 22, 23 years old, and you're at the point where you think you're immortal. I don't have to come to the point that that you're not because you're playing with quote unquote toy guns at the end of the day man you have to present yourself as the face of the nba that's what they want to do we just talked about oh you're gonna be the new ai and we know what ai was to the culture and to black people personally and these kids look up to you uh john moran want to wear your as they put your shoes back online they sold out in minutes you know what i mean so these kids are doing the gritty doing all these things mimicking you we don't want them to mimic holding guns as well bro so i want to end it on that uh, this has been another great episode of the Hoop Kings podcast. i uh, will come back to you guys next week. Of course, we're going to wrap up the NBA Finals. No matter if it goes to Game Seven or not, they should be wrapped up by then. Also, going to touch on the NBA Draft as well, and of mm-hmm. course,
0: upcoming free agency. Uh, Coach Flight, any closing words from you, sir? Hey, man, love and peace, man. It's, it's summertime protect you and your families. Enjoy this beautiful weather that we're about to have and that we're having, no matter where you're listening to this at. Hey, one thing we always want to do is represent basketball culture. Stay locked in. We got more heat coming to you in this summertime. Absolutely. I am the Medieval King Art, and he has been Coach Flight, and we out of here. Peace. Peace.